book of Isaiah. And I would like to focus on chapter 9, particular thing for you there, Isaiah 9. Everybody said praise the Lord. And uh, I'd like to read verse 6, Isaiah 9 and 6. said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I would like to focus this morning on the title, the Prince of Peace. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. One of the things that Jesus foretold among the many, but one of those things was that there would be in these last days wars and rumors of wars. And there is certainly, uh, I'd have to say, an ongoing fulfillment of that. Seems to be worldwide conflict everywhere. Uh, I don't particularly think we need Congress's definition of war. They've been able to go in and wage war without calling it war, and uh, that's kind of their way of slipping around things. But basically, in not calling it, it is, and they're doing it. And I guess that's what oftentimes takes place uh, when someone or a government, a group, is determined to do things or do something, then they find what you and I might call loopholes. They try to find, put a different look to it, put a different name to it. Uh, but when you sound it down, the bottom line, it's, it is what it is. So, you know, they go in there with guns and tanks and airplanes and uh, militia on the ground and um, hire mercenaries and whatever, uh, but they don't officially call it a war. But yet, Let's face the fact, they're waging war. And I'm not just particularly talking about uh, one country. Uh, I'm saying overall, period. So um, I'm thinking about so many beautiful scriptures, Psalm 29 and 11. Here Jesus has told us that uh, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Then listen, to the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And while there is many difficulties, many problems uh, worldwide, and sometimes worldwide means the world that you live in, the place where you are. Just recently they've had some terrible, uh, shall we call them, riots uh, in London, right in the streets. And uh, I was told that they interviewed one or two young people that were uh, kind of caught up in it, almost viewing it uh, like a parade. And they thought it was great. They hoped that it just kept on keeping on. They, they viewed it as fun. 
And uh, it's a shame when, when people's minds are given over to a certain thing that is so not of God. I want you and I to believe the Bible, and the writer spoke in the Spirit and called him the Prince of Peace. That peace is very much uppermost in his mind. An absence of war, an absence of hatred, for those are characteristics of of war, and war being just the opposite of peace. Uh, that there's a lack of uh, an absence of irritation uh, and things that that just agitate. That those things are are not there. When Jesus, uh, whether in the ship or coming walking on the water, and the disciples were so upset with the war that was waged against them in the storm and the, the ship was rocking to and fro and the water was coming up over the sides and they feared that they would sink uh, under the onslaught of the, the war of the elements around them that Jesus spoke peace. Jesus calmed everything down. He, he made it peaceful. The waves settled down. The wind calmed down. And they are, were so amazed at the, uh, the fact that he was able to do that. They said even the elements, the very elements, obey him. Uh, the Bible teaches that the lightnings come to him and stand at attention, if you please, and command us. Here we are. What, what will you have us do? The Lord controls it all. There's no doubt about that. And I'm glad that the writer was inspired to say that the Lord would bless his people with peace, that he's able to, to give us that in the midst of trouble, troublesome times, warring times, difficult times, uh, times when uh, you feel things are being upset, um, that he can, he can come right in there and he can bring a calm and a peace. There was a song that we sang many years ago, there'll be peace in the midst of the storm. And I have experienced that many times. I am most thankful how that God can come into the midst of our situations and that he can, he can speak peace to us. He can calm everything down and spirits that come to agitate. The devil, he just wants to make a fuss. And he wants it to go beyond the, the lightness of the word fuss. He wants to make war. He wants to make big time trouble. He would like for people to be at odds with one another. And, uh, and of course, if he can seek occasion, get people to seek an occasion, to provoke. Um, but in the midst of all of that, there is a training and there is a teaching that is given through the Word of God to the people of God that can help us in, with, with people who are seeking war. They're seeking to agitate. They're, they're agitators. You remember in your Bible where that uh, Jesus stood was taken and, and they stood him in front of the great multitude of people, uh, and the ruler of the land was trying to uh, give Jesus uh, uh, respite here, and don't let's not do this. And I, I have I have power to pardon somebody during this feast time of the year, and so uh, he would he was going to pardon Jesus of whatever it was they were accusing him of, and um, but they cried out because of people who got among them and people who spoke in their ear, and people who said things, and to where those people begin to uh, get stirred up 
until the point that they begin to cry, crucify him, crucify him. And, and here he was, the, the ruler of the land, having the power to crucify him, was trying to say, no, let's pardon him. Let's just, let's, let, let, today's a day we can give a, a forgiveness and a pardon. And, and uh, I want to do this. I find no fault in him. Well, how great that was. He is, he is the Almighty robed in flesh, and, and there was no fault in him. You and I can't say that, can we? We, we have faults, and, and we have faults, plural, and we make mistakes, and um, we do say it wrong, and we do do it wrong. Whether on purpose or not, uh, it happens, and it begins to, uh, can begin to build up. And, and uh, you know, many a, a war in this world has started over something small. Has it not written in the book of James that, Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. So big things can come out of something so small and tiny. Offenses. I have read, though, and I'm sure you have, I trust, Psalm 119 and 165 said, Great peace. Great peace. Not small peace. But great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. So, for us to be able to, somebody said to me one time, said, I'm not going to give you permission to offend me. He, he said, it, only I can allow that. Only I can choose to be offended. So he, that was his attitude and his outlook, and it was a good one. And great peace of they which love thy law, because you love the word of God, because you love God that you're not going to allow an offense to enter in and to begin to disturb the God-given peace. But you want that peace. You don't want to live in a storm. You don't want to live in upheaval. You don't want to, you know, if you want agitation, I guess you can go jump in the washing machine and hit that cycle and just all around, you know, uh, if you just want that. But you don't want your mind or your life or your your home to be to be one great big, uh, washing machine, you don't want that. You want there to be a peace. You want there to be a peace in the midst of all the storm and agitation that is around you. Uh, again, the writer said in the book of Hebrews and teaches us that um, it, it more or less becomes what you, what it say, the, those things that so easily, the sin that doth so easily beset us, it surrounds us, and sin Sin comes from the enemy, and, and he brings the agitation. He brings the upheaval. He brings the uproar. And uh, the word uproar is a Bible word from the book of Acts. And there, there, there comes a great uproar, and many voices and people, and the more one's involved than two, than three, than four, than five, you know, and it goes and it grows and it multiplies. And pretty soon you've gone from a, uh, maybe a whispering campaign to an uproar, you know. And it can get very out of hand and, and Again, that little thing becomes a, a great thing. That dropping of a, of a match uh, can burn down a forest. Imagine that. Imagine that. So behold how great a matter. But I'd rather behold great peace. Great peace. Because, you know, they, they, have, they do have um, fires in this world. They're, have, they're certainly on record. Uh, one was known as the Great Fire of Chicago. There have been great fires in the city of San Francisco in history, uh, records it. There have been uh, the kind of fires that they uh, fueled by wind, that they, uh, in other words, the elements 
were feeding the fire instead of helping to put it out. And, and uh, everything seems to just come together to, to make this thing worse instead of helping it to get better. And yet uh, the scripture said about that sin that does so easily beset us, uh, the surrounding sin, the contributing factors that make something worse when you really want it to get better. And um, I want to think about uh, how that we can surround ourselves with the things that make for peace. The things that make for peace. The psalmist, uh, once again, in Psalm 34 and 14, I will read that to you. Psalm 34 and 14 reads like this. On this wise, shall we say, depart from evil. Get away from the wrong thing. Get away from it. Walk away from it. Run away from it. Determine. Going to get away from what's wrong, from evil. And do good. Do good. You ever read in your Bible about things that have the very appearance of evil? It even starts to appear wrong. I want to get away from that. I want to do good. I want to do good. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace. Seek peace and pursue it. In other words, evil brings war. Evil brings trouble. Evil brings uproar. Evil is going, that's what evil does. They said that a, a woman was out jogging one time, and this wasn't too long ago, and uh, she stopped under an overpass uh, along where there was a, a river, um, Maybe a canal would be a better word. And she sat down. It was early morning hours. And uh, she sat down to rest. It was, I guess, a little, getting a little warm, overheated, and tired from jogging early in the morning. And so she sat down. And the next thing you know, she unfortunately didn't realize that she was sitting down next to an alligator. And old Mr. Alligator decided he was hungry and wanted breakfast. And so uh, the different ones had called into the radio station and made great complaint. Uh, and I don't disagree with the population. It's too much. I think they should give out a few more licenses and take out a few more gators and get things back in, in a better balance. But be that as it may, there were people calling in, and they were outraged, and they were mad, and they were upset. And, um, but somebody called in and said, what? He said, it's just an alligator doing what alligators do. Well, I'm saying to you that that's what the devil does. He's doing what he does. And you need to know that. You need to be wary of the enemy because he does what he does. He comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to pluck up what's been planted. Where there's, where there's peace, he comes to steal it. He wants to take that away, and he wants to create havoc. He wants war. He wants trouble. He wants, he wants there to be agitation. And he, he likes to work among the crowd. He likes to get something going. He likes to get something started. He likes to get people uh, to look upon the thing that's going to make for trouble. Eve looked upon something that God said don't have anything to do with that. And she, but she, the devil got her, to, and, and she got mesmerized with it until she said it's good to look upon. And she began to lose her conviction. She began to lose the word of the Lord that she should have had uh, such a love for and give her that great peace in her heart that I don't need to be involved with that. I don't need that. Because I have the peace of God. I have something far more valuable. I have great peace. And I'm not going to get involved with this thing here. But unfortunately, she did evil. 
and it brought about, of course, the wrong result. It did tell you to depart from evil. Get away from it. Watch out for those environments, okay? Watch out for those environments. There was another instance up here on the Swanee River, um, up in the center of the state, and uh, I guess somebody had been enamored by the songs uh, about the Swanee River, right? And uh, uh, I don't know, How I Love You or something, and, uh, and, uh, but this, is, this actually was a teacher, and she and another couple of teachers had rented a place up on the river, and uh, so they had gone out early in the morning and jogged a long way down the river, and oh, just how beautiful in nature, and yada, yada, yada. And uh, so the one said, man, I'm going back. I, I'm, I'm tired. I just want to get back to the cabin and relax. The other one said, yeah, you go on ahead. Said, I'll meet you. I'm going to swim back. I'm going to swim back. I'll tell you what, very appearance of trouble. Might want to get away from that. It is written about, you know, who you run with, right? And it corrupts good manners, good sense, good teaching can be corrupted. You're given the right thing. You're getting the right input. Your, your heart is open to it. God's blessing is upon you. And, and then you, you find yourself departing from that and heading towards something that is wrong, something at least that is potentially wrong. And you're losing your, your good sense of judgment that the Word of God is teaching you, that good sense of balance. You're not properly discerning here. And consequently, this individual... Imagine a teacher, somebody that you would think has uh, probably achieved some, some type of a degree in college and, uh, and has the responsibility to teach people and yet uh, in so doing didn't teach themselves and gets into the water and begins to swim a river in Florida. I got news for you. If you've got a puddle outside your front door, you better watch out that a gator doesn't find it. Okay? <laughs> Especially when it's mating season. They've been known to move about quite a bit more during that time of their life, okay? So uh, I am just saying that uh, she never made it back. And uh, that kind of would remind you a little bit about the individuals that were with the father. And the one said, give me what's mine. So the father divided unto them their inheritance. And he took what the father gave him. And the Bible said he went out and began to spend it on riotous living. Begin to gamble, if you please. Begin to take chances, if you please. Begin to gravitate in the wrong directions, going in the wrong places. You know, if you're hanging out with people that do dope, you think something good's going to come out of that? You think it's not going to rub off on you somehow? One man just um, not too many years ago, I mean not too many years ago, uh, one among many that I read about, though, that... Um, they got a, somebody got their cell phone out and they, uh, knowing that he was a celebrity, they begin to uh, take a, a, a camcorder of him with their, with their phone and they had audio and they could hear him saying, I, I, I don't need to be here. Man, I need to get out of here. Oh, man, and he was battling out loud verbally that he needed to leave. But you know what? He, he, didn't, he didn't get far enough away from any of it. And he wound up dying from taking drugs. And uh, they found him just dead, young man in mid-20s. How, how many, whether a celebrity or totally unknown, get in the wrong place and experiment and dabble and play footsies and flirt with the undertaker, if you please. And believe me, the undertaker, the old death angel, he's looking to come around and to snatch you right out of this world before 
you can get the Prince of Peace to impart to you his peace, to give, take away that agitation that drives you, that, 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 that thing that rises up inside of you and that human spirit of yours that gets so stirred up and you wind up going in wrong directions and doing wrong things and listening to wrong advice. You get caught in the wrong lifestyle, and it takes, uh, it takes its toll. It takes its toll. Evil communications will corrupt good manners. If you're, but he said, depart from evil. Get away from people who are talking wrong. Get away from people who are doing wrong. Get away from people who are uh, taking chances with their lives and with everything that's good. And people who are constantly so busy involved with gambling in life, if you please. I know there's gambling of roulette and cards and whatever. There's that, but there's also just taking chances. Just taking chances. Just skirting the edge all the time. Uh, until, you know, uh, it's like one man said to me, he said, I'm a lot like so-and-so, except, he said, I've stayed within the confines of the law. I've stayed within the lines where he's always been on the edge. Well, Mr. On the Edge, he found himself arrested. He found himself in jail. He found himself... Uh, being broken by the system, if you please, because he, he got away from where the, where the environment was peaceful, and he got out there where there was war and there was trouble, and, the, and it wound up bringing that evil to him because, well, let's just say evil turned on him as he pursued it. Far better to do what your Bible said, and that is for you to, to seek the good. Depart from the evil. Seek the good. Seek the peace of God. And one place even said, pursue it. If you want to run, and I suggest you get in the right race. Get in the race for eternal life. Get in the race that's going to put you on the straight and narrow and head you toward the, the, street, the street of gold that's within the, the gates uh, and, the, and the gates of pearl. You know, you want to get to heaven. You want to make it to the where the Lord's going to be, and you can be with him for all of eternity. So you seek that, and you pursue it, okay? You, and you can have great peace in your life. I want to turn your attention to Psalm 120. Psalm 120 and verse 7. Listen to what the writer said. He said, I am for peace. He said, but when I speak, they are for war. Now, not everybody, in other words, is going to want peace. Not everybody's going to respect the good things that God's doing in your life. When you say something and you try to do something right, then there's going to be somebody that's going to just make you look, try to make you look foolish and, and try to just, you know, come on, girl, let's just go down the street and do whatever. You know. And one of these times, it's like the fellow that um, graduated from college and, and of course, whatever... Uh, let me just say, I'm, we're not in, interested in this, but this happens to be the facts. He was uh, the number one pick in the NBA draft. Number one coming out of college. So as far as this world is concerned, they would have said he had it made. But he went to that party that night after classes ended, graduation, and degree, and 
chosen number one, went to that party, and having never done drugs, having never done cocaine, one party, one time, and he died. He died. Okay? said, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. I try to go towards the right thing. I try to make steps here in the right direction. I want to get to the Prince of Peace here. I want to get where he's at. I want to follow his steps. I want to get away from the things that are warring within my mind, the things that are trying to agitate me, the things that are trying to cause upheaval in my life. And the writer said, I am for peace. I'm for that. And you need to realize that deep inside of you, there is that that is for peace. There is that which is eternal in you. There is that that which is going to give account to God. Okay? And, and you want to obey your better self. There's been many a time when I should have listened to that voice and I overrode it or I let other thoughts get so swirling around in my mind of things to do or, or whatever that, that I, I, didn't, I didn't pay attention to that still, small voice like I should have. Oh, I've gotten speeding tickets because of that. Yeah, I was pushing it, trying to get things done, and, and I've that little voice, I couldn't decide whether that was the Lord or my wife next to me. Maybe it was both. But, uh, you know, I didn't slow it down for one reason or another. And first news you know, kind of like the old French preacher said, quasi sa, quasi sa. He was saying, what is that? What is that? One of the preachers next to him said, you know what that is. <laughs> that blue light, you know exactly what that is. <laughs> and uh, so, oh boy, it is good to, for us to be for peace. And remember that when you speak it, not everybody's going to be for it. Some people literally want war. Some people want havoc. Some people want to fuss. Some people revel in it. Some people like it. And there's a spirit there, and you've got to recognize that. Psalm 122 and 6 he said, pray for the peace. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's a good one, huh? And it said, if you do that, they shall prosper that love thee. You want peace in the church. You want peace. So you help to contribute to, for, for there to be peace in the church. You act peaceably. You speak peaceable words. You pray for peace. Okay? And and uh, for an absence of war, because you want to be on guard for a spirit to get into it. You know, we've often said that it's okay, as my pastor said, to disagree, but not to be disagreeable. And right in between there, and I can show you in the Bible where between two phrases and a comma in between, there's a difference of a thousand years. What a difference that one little comma can make. Well, I'm saying to you that there's quite a little difference here that can be made between disagreeing and becoming disagreeable. Right but in between there. It's just like uh, Revelation chapter 6, when you go between the fifth and the sixth seal, you see quite a change that takes place between the taking off of the fifth seal and then the taking off of the sixth seal. From one, you go to a, under an altar in heaven, and, and that they're being told to rest for a little while until your brethren should be killed in like manner as you are. And then the next thing you're reading about is the wrath of God and of the Lamb. And the heavens are rolling together like a scroll. And the uh, mountains are moved out of their place. And the islands are moved out of their place. 
Oh my goodness, and everything, there's a shake-up to, to the point to where the stars are falling from heaven like a fig tree shaken, a fruit tree shaken in an untimely season. An enemy came and brought war to the point that God said, I'll show you war, and God brought wrath, a wrath of God. Oh my goodness, they prayed for death. They prayed to die. It was so bad. Oh man, much better to choose the peace of much better to choose the peace of God. Much better to, uh, uh, most of us have gone through a hurricane or two, <clears throat> or maybe three, around here. Somebody asked me, one of the preachers from out of state asked me about um, hurricane, and I said, well, we've been very blessed because the last six years, we're in our sixth season. Everybody said, thank you, Jesus. We are in our sixth season without a hurricane. And uh, somebody said, oh, 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 knock on wood. I'm not knocking on any wood, friend. I'm knocking on heaven's door. And I'm thanking God. And I'm thanking God. I am not superstitious. Paul said, I proceed in all things you're too superstitious. Well, there's no salt on my shoulder from throwing it over there. Okay? And I'm not worried about Mr. Black Cat. He better worry about me. <laughs> Amen. And that heavy foot of mine. All right. But I am trying to tell you that uh, uh, we want to thank God. And here's our sixth season with no hurricane. No bad storms like that, but back in those years ago, in what was it, 04 and 05, when we had them, and oh my goodness, if you went through that, then, then you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're like, oh man, I can't wait till that wind dies down. I can't, that howling wind and that pressure, that, that baromic pressure that's going on there, and I can't wait till the rain stops. My goodness, and especially since my roof is leaking or something, you know, you know how those things happen in you. Trees are falling. I had two trees uprooted in the front yard, and we like those trees, and they're gone. And, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other things that took place, and no air conditioning. That was terrible. Matter of fact, worse than that was there was no cooking, unless you fired up the grill. <laughs> All right. So I'm saying there was some things that, you know, and the bad thing was no showers either. Oh, really bad. It's really getting rough now. Nasty. <laughs> so there, it got kind of, kind of rough in those storms. And then we, when that happens, then we start appreciating peace, don't we? We start appreciating, and we start saying, "Boy, I, I really did like it when the sun was shining and the sky was blue, and it was really nice when there was nothing more than a balmy little breeze, you know." And uh, and it's like I told you about the woman that um, a sister in the Lord, and she testified of this, and she said, at least to me, she did. I, I, I think maybe she did in church. And she said that um, she had uh, been complaining about something, and I think it was doing the laundry, really upset about it, just tired of it. And she was just grousing around and stomping around and throwing the laundry around, just so upset about it, sick of it. Well, the word, the operative word was sick. She got sick. And uh, two weeks in the bed with the flu, and she said, when, the, when I got better, the Lord touched me, and I I was, it was all gone, and I felt so good. She said, I ran to the laundry room. I was so glad to do the laundry. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. There's nothing like a little peace. And the absence of a little peace can make us sit up and take notice, can't it? And so uh, he is the Prince of Peace. And for the Lord to, to come into your life by way of his plan for peace, his plan for peace is for you to be born again. His plan is for you to... Repent of your sins, and then he'll you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and all your sins are completely 
remitted. They're fully pardoned. They're sent away, and they're remembered no more because he's ready to pardon. He stands ready to begin the peace process in your life. He's ready to calm all the storms of the seas and the oceans in your life, calm them down. He's ready to do that. It's, it's a matter of helping us to get ready, isn't it? It's a matter of getting us softened up, if you please, to where we will begin to cooperate with him. We'll begin to work with him. We'll begin to listen to him. And we'll, we'll begin to feel after him. Is it not written to feel after God? He's not far from any one of us. And it's, you know, God's not far away. It's us that gets far away, okay? But if we can distance ourselves from God, why can't we change that and distance ourselves from evil and just identify what the real source of the agitation is, of the upheaval is, of the, of the problem that's making war here, war in the mind. How can I, I've got to get away from that, and I've got to move towards the, the, the Prince of Peace. I've got to move towards the one that, that gives that peace. And uh, as they came out of Egypt, uh, the Bible teaches that he was a, a pillar of fire by day and by night, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. And how that he, he if he moved, they moved with him. And, you know, if they didn't move when he wanted to move, then if it was nighttime, it started getting cold because that pillar of fire was moving on down the road. And if they lagged behind, friend, it, it got shivery and cold out there. And it gets that way, believe it or not, in those deserts where they can bake and fry and stew all day long at terrible temperatures, 120 and 140 degrees. Uh, but, but when it comes nighttime, friend, it gets cold out there. It's quite amazing. And, and, and they needed that pillar of fire. You know, we need the Holy Ghost and fire. We need that warmth in our, and, and what did he say? I would that you were hot. He wants there to be a, a rising temperature in the Holy Ghost in our lives, that we're on fire for God, that we want to do for God, that we want to be about God's, we want to be involved in the church. We want to be excited about the things of the Lord. And we look forward to that. We look forward to that. Everybody said, praise the Lord. 122 and 7 also said, Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. This peace of God is, a, is something that we all want to value and we want to acquire it. I'm turning the New Testament to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. What the church can mean to everybody, particularly you. It said, and into, ever, and into whatsoever, this is verse 11, city or town ye shall enter. Inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. And when ye come into that and house, salute it. Verse 13, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. What the church can bring to you and your family and your home, it can bring peace. It can bring peace. So you bring that to Brooksville. There are people that are warring. There are people that are in trouble. There are people that everything is topsy-turvy and upside down, and they don't know where they're going or what they're doing. They are not the least bit. Uh, sure of what steps to take 
But you can come, the book said, with this light and with this peace and with this power of God and this truth and this knowledge, and you can bring something into their home. Now, everybody's not going to, I'm for peace, but they may be for war. And most of the time we're going to run into uh, some of that spirit for sure. But that can be overcome. And sometimes it's overcome by the example that we bring, by the environment that we provide, by the spirit in which we come in. What did Jesus say when the disciples uh, were, saw that, somebody, that certain ones were not being respectful of him and, and uh, they, weren't, they just weren't showing the right attitude? And uh, they, they, they said, well, we'll which should we, would you have us to call down fire from heaven like an example we have? Uh, in, in, in the prophet in the Old Testament. And Jesus said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. He said, we're, we're not going to do that. You know, we're not praying to, to bring down fire on people. You know what? That's going to come. You're not going to have to pray for that because it's going to happen. But in the meantime, we have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity to reap the harvest. Time will come when vengeance will come. And God said, vengeance belongs to him. Let God take care of that. Don't be messing with God's business along those lines. You tell yourself that I'm appointed to bring peace. He wants me to, to bring a good message. He wants me to be about his business. He wants me to go into a place that I can find that's worthy of this peace of God and bring it. If I can't find a worthiness for it there, then I'm supposed to move right along. And let's go find a place where it is. Let's find somebody that's hungry. Somebody that's going to show a willingness towards the message of God. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Mark 4:39. This is when Jesus spoke to the elements and he said peace. Peace. How great that was in the midst of it all. The Bible said have peace one with another. Mark 9 and 50. Luke chapter 1. This is all about so much about Elizabeth and Mary. And uh he said, and she said in verse 79, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. That he, the Lord of glory, would actually guide us in the way of peace. Help us to avert and divert away from and out of. It's like I tell the young men all the time when they drive me around and they seem to insist on hitting every pothole. I tell them it's, it's okay to miss those. Yeah. So it's okay to, to, to miss some of the hard knocks in life. It's okay to avoid some of the uh, things that will trip you up. Or, or you have to learn. Uh, a, man, a preacher told me not too long ago, a young man, he, he said, you know, I, I can observe some people. And he said, so I can learn how not to do it without having to learn how not to do it by experience. <laughs> in other words, it's called vicariously that you... You observe somebody else falling in the pothole or the pit or doing it wrong, and you say, well, I'm not going to do that. You can learn that way. And uh, you, can, you, you don't have to hit every pothole in life, I'm trying to say. You don't have to have every difficulty come that way. And you know, after a while, too, you have, as you have tested spirits and put things to the test, you can learn after a while that uh, you'll discern that spirit. And you don't have to keep testing and testing and testing and testing. After a while, you know what that is. And, and the peace of God will help direct you. Remember, the Bible teaches that the Holy Ghost, when you repent of your sins and you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, all your sins are forgiven. 
and he's going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when he fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. And that means he's going to bring you in a peaceful way. He's not going to lead you to war. He's going to lead you to peace. Everybody said amen. amen. And he's meaning he's going, to, he's going to take you, if you please, by the hand, and he's going to lead you in the steps that he goes in. Now listen, here he is, the Prince of Peace. Here he did come in the flesh and look at all of the things that he had to endure. He had to learn obedience by the things which he suffered. So it's not telling you that you're never going to encounter some storms. It's not telling you that you're never going to have some tripping up moments and, and, and hit some potholes. And that because as you are a man or a woman for peace, there's going to be spirits that are not for peace. And they're going to rise up through people and institutions and try to make all kinds of havoc. But you're going to find from God, He's going to know how to guide you out of those situations and teach you how your spirit ought to be under those conditions. As it was written and inspired by through the Apostle Paul when he said, I have learned in whatsoever state or condition that I find myself to be content. But I'm not going to get all stirred up in my spirit. I'm not going to get all. I'm not going to let the devil have the upper hand here. I'm not going to let him take me from a, what do they call them out there, the weatherman, uh, to take me from a, a tropical wave to a tropical depression to a tropical storm and then boost that wind up to where I'm in a hurricane. Okay? So we're going to, we don't want to go from disagreeing to disagreeable. It's kind of like going from that tropical storm to that hurricane, you know. We just don't want it to accelerate like that. We don't want it to uh, head in the wrong direction and make it more than it, it should be. And it's up to us to listen and be taught in the things of the Lord. And everybody said amen. amen. So we're praying for the peace. We have peace through his blood, the Bible said. Think about that. Getting baptized in Jesus' name is where the blood is in his name your faith in His name. It's going to wash you clean and you're going to get peace through His blood. You get peace through the blood and the blood is in His name. The writer said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it rule. Let God have the rulership here. And, of course, we are told to have peace among ourselves. We're not, I've, I told one woman one time here in the church, I said, okay, you, you said what you wanted to say. And I said, so you got it out? I said, so now we're going to pray, and, and everything's going to be right, right? Yep. I said, okay. So I got up, I laid hands on her, and I prayed for her. And so help me, not a week later, here we are again. Caught her right in the act out there. And I said, come in the office here. And she sat down, and she was <laughs> And I happened to have a mirror in there. And I said, I wish you'd look in that mirror and see what I'm seeing. <laughs> she looked at the mirror, looked back. I don't think she could stand to look in the mirror. And here I was having to be right there and look at that. She wouldn't even look at it. And I finally said, I said, hey, didn't we go through all this and didn't we pray and put this all on the blood and you forgive them and you're moving on and all of that. And Oh, I just can't help it. I just can't get it under my feet. Well, pray for the peace. Pray for the peace, right? Pray for the peace. Because, you know, you may be for peace, and you may be trying to have peace. But there are those that have spirits that want war. 
And you've got to recognize that. You've got to say, I'm not going to be a part of that. Not going to be a part of that. Not going to let you come in and I'm trying to be a worthy house. I'm trying to have the peace of God here. I'm wanting that to rule in my life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to move along here. Not going to get taken in with your, your talk and your gossip and your attitude. Not going to do that. Not going to let that begin to infect me. Have you read that one of the signs that would follow a believer, claiming to be a believer, one of the signs that would follow a believer, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now, that does not include Pepsi and Coke and Dr. Pepsi. Oh, excuse me. Okay. But uh, in other words, the poison yet the enemy can bring through the poisonous tongues and through the things that would like to inject into you. Do you know that the most poisonous thing, it's not a spider, it's not a king cobra or an Australian tiger snake, it is absolutely pure oxygen put in your bloodstream that will kill you quicker. An Australian tiger snake is very, very poisonous, uh, uh, but it, it, that'll take about 15 minutes. But pure oxygen, that'll take you out in a matter of seconds, okay? So, you know, when you let people bring the wrong thing to you and their tongue is a sharp sword or a, or a syringe and it injects your mind, it gets in you, it can kill you. It can kill your, 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 your peaceful spirit. It can destroy the goodness that God is building, the church is building in your life. Let's stand and let's pray. Let's pray for the peace of God. Let's take a moment. Thank you, Jesus. And I love you, dear God. And I praise your holy name. And, oh, Lord God, we come against every evil spirit that would try to upheaval and dislodge and uproot the peace that you give to us. And I thank you, holy Savior. And I praise you, mighty King. I worship you, holy one. And I'm thanking you for your glory, your love, and your mercy, your peace, and your compassion, God. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, dear Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. No matter what I have to do, cause I need you.